So this week, one of our local middle schoolers got creative. She was home from school, and she decided to host an online career day, and she was interviewing people who had interesting careers and professions, and I was uh, invited to present uh, one of these webinars that she hosted, and it was a lot of fun. She was asking questions like, uh, how did you get into the work that you do? What, what is your job like day to day? And she asked one question that I love. She said, what makes your job, uh, your work, more interesting than someone else's? And uh, I loved it. I loved the question. And I said, you know what? I get to deal with supernatural things. I get to consider the heart of God and the work of the Holy Spirit and even talking about the afterlife and and all these big questions of life. And they're not typical uh, points of conversation in most people's line of work. But we get to do that as people of faith. We get to seek God's heart together. And we're going to do that this morning. And to do that, we turn to God's word. And today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And on your online church, you, there's a little Bible there. And if you want to use that, if it's helpful for you, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm using the NIV, the New International Version. And as we consider this text this morning, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. Now, the Bible is one big book, but it's a collection of many different writings. And this particular one, uh, not to state the obvious, but it's a letter. And Paul desired to be with these people. He told them, he said, I want to be with you face to face. I want to spend the whole winter with you, he says in this letter. He doesn't want just a short visit. He really wants to be with them, but he couldn't be face-to-face, so we had to write them a letter. And even today, if we can't be in the same room, we can be face-to-face right here. We can, uh, we can seek God's heart, and we can look into his word together wherever we are. And we praise God for the technology that's bringing us together and a chance to be the church in this way. So let's pray as we consider God's word. So Father, I just pray that um, and we believe that your word is living and it is active and it is useful for us. And we pray that by the power of your spirit, it would just come alive for us today. That you would show us your heart and your way and that we would respond to it in obedience, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for every opportunity we have to worship you wherever we are. We give you all the glory today and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in our text today, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about the scope of his ministry and how he ministered to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, and he just did a lot. In fact, he goes as far to say in verse 22, he said, I've become all things to all people. Now, in some ways, that sounds like a bad idea. We we know that we can't be everything to everyone. You would never recommend that to somebody, but he's, he's not talking about being everything to everyone. He's talking about the fact that he has something that is so precious and so good and so motivating in his life that he just wants to share it with as many people in as many ways as possible because it is so good and is so worth sharing. And he's just so motivated and driven. And this is a great topic for us today. My guess is for you this week that perhaps a lot in your life has changed over the last week or so, and that you have new rhythms and things may be seeming to be turned upside down. Um, You may be very afraid. Your routines may have changed dramatically. Even your own livelihood might be threatened, or even your own health or the health of someone you love may be at risk right now. And it's a great time for us to ask a question, well, what motivates me? 
What is my, what are, what are my deepest longings? What do I want to accomplish? What drives me in my life? And our key verse today is verse 23. And verse 23 says this, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. So Paul says his great motivation, he's doing all these things for the sake of the gospel that he might share in its blessings. So today I want to look at three things. Well, what is this gospel? He's doing everything for the sake of the gospel. What is the gospel? And he's doing it to share in its blessings. Well, what are the blessings of the gospel? That's the second thing. And the third thing is, he says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel. What is the all this that he's doing? And I want to look at those three things. So first, what is the gospel? He said, I do all these things that I do for the sake of this gospel. Well, the word gospel just means good news. It's, it's, it's an announcement, a good news announcement. Now, my guess is that you've probably watched a lot of news this week. There's been a lot in the news. There's been a lot of scary news. And there's been a lot of serious news. There's also been a lot of good news that I've seen this week. People helping each other. People supporting one another. People being encouraged and being creative about new ways of, of life in their situation. Uh, we have, even in our church, there's been great news. There's people helping each other. We had uh, one uh, or a number of people uh, needing help. And we had people able to go grocery shopping for others and run errands for them for people who couldn't do those things. We have people connecting in new ways. Our small groups are all meeting online. And we've had new people joining small groups. And I encourage you, if you've never been part of a small group, we've got a whole bunch of small groups. You probably have some flexibility in your schedule. And uh, they're all meeting online right now. And you could go on our website and find one. But there's just great new things happening. There's good news and there's bad news. This gospel that Paul is talking about, it's the ultimate good news. But it starts actually with bad news. The bad news of the gospel is that the world is broken. And I think you'd all agree with me that the world is certainly broken. There is disease and death and violence in our world. And there are the things that drag us down. This world is there, it's good in many ways, but very broken. And we know that the brokenness of the world is because of sin. It's, it's the bad news that we all sin. And we all um, experience the effects of living in a world that is broken and polluted by sin. Sin separates us from God. It, it ruins the good world that God created. But the good news, the gospel good news, is that God is rescuing this world. In his mercy, he is restoring a broken world to goodness. He sends a rescuer. He sends a savior to come and save us. That's Jesus Christ. God himself, he came. And he lived a perfect life. And he, he went around and he taught people, God's kingdom is here in this broken world. God's kingdom is here to heal and restore and renew. And the greatest act of restoring and renewal was the cross of Jesus Christ. And on the cross, Jesus took the punishment for all the sin and all the brokenness of the world. All of the, the punishment and the result of that all goes on Jesus. He takes it on himself and he dies. But Jesus also rose again from the dead, making, it, making new life out of that which is dead. And because of that, there's new life that's possible for every one of us. And there is new hope for our world. That even though the world is very broken, God is restoring it. And he one day will restore it to all of its fullness. Whatever suffering we experience today, we know that God himself 
became the victim of human suffering, dying on that cross for us. And he did it that we might be made new and be given new life. And whoever puts their faith in him and what Jesus accomplished can have that new life by faith. That's the good news. Now, because that's good news, that means it's not just a good idea. The gospel is, is not just good ideas about how to live life. It's, it's good news about what God has accomplished. The Christian faith is about the work of God through uh, interacting with, with his world and humanity throughout time. And ultimately, what he accomplished on the cross. So Christianity is not a philosophy. It's, it's a response to historic events. It's a response to what Jesus did when he came here. That is the good news. So the Apostle Paul, he says, everything that I do, all these different ways that I minister, it's because Jesus did something. It's because he accomplished something. It's for the sake of the gospel. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So if that's the gospel, then what are the blessings of the gospel? He's saying, I do this for the sake of the gospel to share in its blessings. Well, the, the, the greatest blessing of the gospel is that we can know God. Elsewhere, the, Paul, in, in a different letter, he wrote this. He said, I, can, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ. He said, everything that I've done well or everything, even my failures, everything that I've experienced is nothing compared to how great it is to know Jesus. That we can know the God of the universe, the God that created you. And then we can, be in, as we know the God who created us, we can understand the world in whole new ways. And we also know God through his Holy Spirit who comes in to change us from the inside out. And that's the greatest blessing is to know God. Another blessing is that we are genuinely saved. Our lives are saved and safe and secure in God as we put our faith in the gospel. Again, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, a different letter. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. There's all these things, all the sin in our lives that separate us from God. And these are things that rob us of our joy. These are things that ultimately will destroy us. And as we put our faith in him, we are forgiven of every wrong. Every sin is, is wiped away. And we have new life in that. And we are genuinely saved to new life. And it's not just any life, it's eternal life. Who, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will have eternal life. You know, this... Week, I've talked to a lot of people and people are afraid. And people are afraid of becoming sick and people are afraid even of death. And we know that in Jesus Christ, whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. We are his possession. We are in his hands and we are secure in that. And we need this message now more than ever in a world that is afraid and in a world that is considering our own um, mortality and our own, even our own death that we can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Praise God. But it doesn't end with us. The blessing of the gospel, we know, is something that we now, if we've received it by faith, we can share with others. So when Paul says, I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing, what he's saying is that there is a blessing that goes beyond what he's received that he can share with others. 
And the way that he approaches life is totally different because he has something now precious to share. Life has meaning and purpose and direction because we have this good news to share. He knew that it wasn't just for himself, but something for the world. If you're a person of faith, I just want to encourage you. Our world needs this good news. It needs it now more than ever. And you have something so precious that God has done for you. And you can share it with anyone. And you can share it and still maintain normal uh, social distancing. It's something you can share uh, from six feet or more over the phone or in any conversation. Uh, People are very open right now to talking about God and talking about faith. This is a wonderful opportunity for you and for your family and for those you love to share your faith with them. This is a serious time. And it is a scary time, but it's a time of great opportunity. It's a time to share about hope. It's a time to share about the joy that we have, even in the midst of crisis. And you get to share in the blessing of the gospel. You get to share this good news with those around you. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So what is the all this that Paul was doing? He said, I do all this for the sake of the gospel to share in its blessing. And these are these other verses, and it seems a little confusing here. But he's basically saying that this good news is going to go to people in different ways. The good news is good news for different reasons for different people. And he addresses a number of groups that he ministers to. The first I'm going to call the religious group. He said, I've become like the Jews, or I've become like people under the law that I might share this good news with them. The gospel is good news to religious people. You see, religion says, if I obey commandments, if I do my religious duty, if I am good enough, then God will accept me and God will love me. God will bless me. The the problem with religion, though, is how do I know when I've done enough? How, How do I know if I've obeyed well enough for God to accept me or for God to love me? And how do I deal with the fact that God has said in the Bible that no one is righteous? No, not one. That's a problem. Now, for people who feel like, yes, I've done enough religious duty for God to accept me, they can become very prideful. For other people, on the other end of the spectrum, you might say, I don't think I'll ever do enough good religious things for God to accept me. And you become very anxious about that. The good news of the gospel is that we say we know that we are not righteous. We will never do enough to earn God's love, to earn God's favor. We say, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need forgiveness. And the good news of the gospel is that Christ accomplished it on the cross. You could never earn it. You could never do enough good things. It's a free gift to you. Or to put it another way, religion says Religion says, if I obey, then God will accept me. But the gospel says, God accepts me because of what Jesus has done. Therefore, I obey God. I can live a life of obedience. I can live a good life because God has accomplished everything I need to satisfy him. I'm not trying to satisfy him. I'm responding to what he's already done. This week, I was able to experience in our home the first virtual trombone lesson that my daughter uh, participated in. It was interesting. I've never seen a trombone lesson, her trombone lesson. And um, 
I was able to observe that through the doors, uh, through the walls of our house. And I remember when I was a kid uh, taking music lessons, and it was not a joy for me. I was, I took piano lessons, and I wasn't necessarily forced to do it, but just about. And I was certainly forced to practice these lessons, and it was not a joy in any way. But later in life, I picked up the guitar, and I started uh, playing the guitar, and it was fun because I was connecting with my friends, and it was a great way to uh, meet people. And, and quite honestly, I thought it was a good way to meet girls, that they might be impressed somehow with this music. Uh, typically, they weren't, but at least I uh, thought that could be the case. But then later in life, and now, I'll pick up my guitar and I'll do music just for the sheer joy of music. I think we approach God that way through religion, that often we, we do our duty because we have to do it, and we, we're just trying to just accomplish the, the things that we feel that God wants. And, or other times maybe we do it because we're trying to get something out of it because it benefits us. But there comes a point when we understand the gospel that we do it just for the sheer joy of knowing God and of pleasing him and of being obedient, not because I have to, but because I'm free to do it. So that's the first group. That's the religious people, and the gospel's good news to religious people. The second group of people that are addressed here are what I'll call the irreligious people. He says, uh, those who are not under the law, I became like one not under the law. The gospel is good news to irreligious people. Irreligion is really just a journey of self-discovery. It's saying, you know what, there's no moral codes, you know, strict moral code that I'm going to follow. I'm going to do what I want, when I want to. I'm just going to follow my heart. I'm just going to do what I think is right. And a lot of people live this way. A lot of people are irreligious and they just do the best they can. And people say, hey, I just want to be happy. I just want to live a good life. To those people, the gospel is good news because the greatest need in life is not just to be happy and not just to live a good life. Our greatest need is salvation. Evil is not just something that's out there in the world. It's not just a disease or it's not just bad people. It's something that infects the heart of every human being. And every single one of us needs forgiveness. And no matter how well we think we're doing at our own, our own way of doing life, we need that forgiveness. And, you know, most people, they, they think their options are to just go about life very religious or go about life very irreligious. So you'd be very, very good or be very, very bad or very, very whatever you want to do. But in the gospel, we realize we are very, very loved. That Jesus died for us. That he provided all that we need. That's the good news of the gospel. Now, there's a third group here. It's a group we call the weak. He says, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. This is, and this is many people. Maybe you feel weak today. You feel defeated or demoralized. Maybe you're scared or afraid with just this crippling fear. And the good news of the gospel to those who feel weak is that we can know God and experience his presence. We know that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, our God, our good shepherd, is guiding us even in those places. That we know that the God who loves us, the, the God who desires us to trust him, he is a God who understands the human condition. He understands the frailty of human life. 
Just as Paul says, you know, I became like these people to, to help these people, to minister to these people. God became like us to minister to us. He took on the human condition. God understands what it is to be frail and tired and facing death because Jesus took on the human condition. He's not far from us. And that's good news for us. Or maybe today you're hurt because you feel like God has let you down in some way. And not to oversimplify it, but we really have two choices. We say, you know what? Either God has some greater purpose that maybe I don't understand. Or there is no purpose to this and it's all chaotic and random. But I say to you today, God knows your suffering. He knows your pain. He knows what you've been through and he still loves you. And he wants you to trust him. It's the gospel. It's the good news. And here... The message is, I have done all these things for the sake of this gospel, this good news, that I might share in its blessing. And we can share in its blessing too. Let us pray. Father God, we pray that we would know this good news. That by faith it might go deep into our hearts. And that we might share it, Lord. So I just pray that many right now, even where they sit, would just turn to you and say, I believe. I believe this good news. I believe that Jesus has done it. Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. And Lord, I pray for those of us who have experienced that, your saving grace, that we would be people who seek to share it with others, to share in the blessing of it with our world. Be glorified in that, Lord. Give us opportunities, we pray. And be glorified in this. We thank you for your goodness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.